Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome. Thanks for being here. How is everyone doing? I'm uh, going to cut out the small talk today. Going to jump into the episode. Um, I get a lot of questions, uh, a ton of questions and messages and stuff. And, you know, people know that I do a lot of prospecting. So they kind of say to me, hey, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? What's your thoughts on this person? Should I invest? And things like that. So I thought maybe I would just peel out an episode, uh, which is a little bit different than I usually do. But this is just talking about, you know, uh, my thoughts and how I prospect on on people, where, where I started and where I am now. Because, uh, you know, most of you know me, my lane as a dealer is is ultra modern you know, regardless of the sport. I mean, my main sport is football and that's what I do. And I'm kind of happy I'm seeing it, you know, running all year, you know, all year long now because it's what I like, what I like to do most. Right. And I do some women's soccer, some WNBA. Uh, this year I'm doing a little basket, uh, sorry, a little baseball. Uh, I have cards from 2020, 21, 22 that I've graded some of those cards that I'll be, you know, selling this, um, this year in the spring. Uh, and I've really, uh, recently found great success with the Bowman university basketball cards, men and women. Now I've talked about this over and over that I don't do anything with basketball, but you know, I was at a show, these cars, everybody was excited about these cards. I bought into them. I've set up the last two shows and I've done great. And I've got, you know, more inventory for my next show to put out there. So for that, there's really, it, I'm not really prospecting. I'm, I'm buying these cars and I'm putting them out there to sell. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ripping the boxes, I'm opening them up and, you know, creating, uh, you know, one, two, five, ten dollar boxes and the higher cards in one touches. So I found success in that and that's working fine. Um, but being in the ultra modern lane, for me with football means prospecting, right? You know, when I first jumped back in the hobby, uh, I made the typical beginner prospecting mistakes. You know, I followed the crowd. I looked at the comps to determine who I was going to prospect, who was selling, who was everybody buying. I listened, everybody at the show, everybody wanted this person. Everybody wanted the Mac Jones and the uh, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, uh, Herbert and Burrow. I mean, just whoever, you know, everybody wanted, that's what I was buying. I was buying the same thing everybody else was buying and then and then trying to sell it, right? And, and what I've realized, you know, in the hobby and, you know, probably pretty much anywhere else is, you know, when when people are talking about it, it's too late, right? It's, it's, it's too late to get in there. Um, I tried jumping into breaks, you know, purchasing the expensive teams, the ones that had the rookie quarterbacks, 
right? The ones everybody was chasing. And that was getting a little expensive, right? Because everybody's fighting, trying to, you know, get that one team. And and when you do finally get it and they don't even pick, pick, you know, a card does not come out of that from that team or that quarterback, then it was just wasted money, right? Uh, then I got creative. I said, let me start to zig when everybody else is zagging, right? You know, I got these great ideas of these, you know, QBs, prospecting these Q, QBs that nobody else was, you know, right? Because the price was right. You know, even if it was a break, you could get in dirt cheap. And I'm like, okay. And then I was hitting some cards. I'm getting excited. But, you know, newsflash, there was a reason nobody else was prospecting these guys. Um, we all want to think, you know, we're smarter than everyone else. And, and we all want to believe, you know, that everybody else overlooked the player that we think, oh, this player is going to pop, right? What's the percentage of being right on that? Probably, probably pretty slim. You know, I know myself. Um, even, even on the crazy thing is even on second and third year players, right? Players, they start playing bad or their team isn't playing well. Next thing you know, you're looking at the comps, they're on discount, they're, you know, people in people's discount boxes, you know, or they're sitting in cases for so long with, uh, with the last comp price or a way over comp price. And somebody's like, well, this guy's not going anywhere. I might as well just move this card. And, you know, you hear this all the time. And I even talked about this, move this card because it's doing me no good sitting in my case, take that money and buy into something that can make me money. Right. You know, but then all of a sudden we get some news. There's a trade, a new coach, somebody they're drafting for this team. And now, oh, we're back on the player again. Let's go back and and buy this guy. I mean, rec recently, uh, you know, Justin Herbert has been this guy, right? Last year, he was just down and out. And people were just liquidating and getting rid of, rid of his cards and his prices have been down so much. But then all of a sudden they get got a new coach coming. So everybody's like, oh, I one of my Herbert cars now. Now he's back up again. Everybody is, you know, wants to buy back into him. So, I mean, we're, 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 it's almost like a school of fish, right? Going there, everybody's going this way and then everybody's going that way and everybody's going, and we're just, we're just following each other. Right. And, um, at the end of the day, we're still just following the hobby crowd and the comps and that's okay if it's working for you. Right. I mean, I'm not here to tell you that that's that's a bad thing to do because certain things that don't agree with me certainly agree with everybody else. And if that's working for you, fine. But for me, I'm always trying to sharpen up my game. You know, the most success uh, I've had in the hobby as a dealer and and. I'm sure everyone feels the same way is getting in before everyone else and getting out when everybody else is getting in, right? We hear about that with stocks, right? Buy when people are selling, sell when people are buying. Uh, I'm still prospecting, right? But I'm just getting my information now from outside of the hobby. And I think it's working for me. You know, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that fantasy football made me a better dealer in the hobby. Uh, I went through the same growing pains in fantasy football. You know, when I got started every year, I went into the fantasy draft trying to buy, you know, trying to draft the players that everybody else was drafting. Uh, you know, all the big names. And the first few years, I struggled to make the playoffs. 
and I can and, and consistently the guys, you know, who who won these these leagues, you know, were drafting players or picking up players on the waiver wire that ended up ultimately winning them a fantasy championship. You know, and I started saying to myself, where where did they how did they know to get this guy to bring these guys in or go out and and you know, find these guys on the waiver wire after the draft and put them on their bench. And then by week three, they're like the star of the team, right? So I started consuming content, right, from from professionals, you know, who talked about all these players, you know, e- even these players that were on no one's radar. And, and that, and I firmly believe that if you, if you're going to win fantasy championships, you have to have a lot of information on players uh, long before, long before they become a star on their team. All right. So the first, the first, you know, five, six, seven rounds where we're all, you know, drafting up the same, the same people, but I've heard, you know, people on the, you know, I listen to a lot of content and I've heard people say that, you know, championships are won in the draft but they're one in the late rounds of the draft, the players, they're picking up players that no one that's on nobody's radar. And then in the first few weeks of the, the season, picking up people and putting them on the bench that haven't even touched the ball yet or gotten on the field. And these are the players that ultimately end up winning that championship. Right? So the next couple of years, you know, I started getting, I getting, you know, to the final four teams in my league started cashing out just by having more information on players that, you know, previously I would have never even known about. Um, but then I wanted to get a little better, right? So then about six years ago or so, uh, you know, I started watching the NFL combine. I started watching the NFL draft and consistently every year, I have players, I, I'm putting players on my bench that come out of nowhere and start winning me fantasy championships. And people are messaging me all the time. They're like, how did you know about this guy? Did you really, did you really, you know, know this guy was going to be a star like that? No, but like enough people that I listened to and I got enough, enough information that I knew something good could, could come of this. Now, I'm not saying every player, I put players on my bench that I ended up, you know, just just cutting and dropping off because it just never ended up being their year for them or maybe injury or, or anything. So not everyone, but you know, for, if you're, if you're getting the right people on your bench to win your fantasy fantasy championship, you're getting, you're getting good information from somewhere. Um, so last year I said to myself, why am I not doing this with the hobby? Right. Why? I mean, around my office uh, with a bunch of cards from, you know, 21 and 22 and, you know, not not 23 yet. 23 I've done very well in. But, you know, guys I prospected on that 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 were just 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 failed me. Right. And I started saying, why am I not doing this? You know, with it? Why am I following? Why am I following the crowd? You know, the 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 the, the crowd and the hobby on the prospecting part of that. Why don't I start doing the same thing I did with my fantasy team and start, you know, finding players that 
people are big on, but nobody else really knows about them yet. And that really starts, I mean, I don't have the time to watch college football and I really don't. I watch the playoffs, you know, December and January and the national championship game, things like that. Uh, and I try to get as much information as I can, uh, on the college players. And, and every Friday, one of the, uh, you know, one of the, uh, content, one of the, I consume on, on Sirius XM for fantasy on Fridays, they do a whole thing on college football players. So um, I get familiar with them, uh, throughout the year. So, you know, I have to say no one is perfect, uh, but all this information is useful when prospecting, you know, even when I pick my dark horse every year and this year was, was, uh, Hendon hooker. Right. And it could be for nothing or it could be for something, right? We have no idea at this point, uh, but it's not really just on a whim, right? There's enough people and I've heard a lot, enough information that yes, they're a long shot, but there's reason to talk about them. And, and certain people said, look, if the stars align, it could happen for this person. They have the talent, they're in the right position, that type of thing. Um, so why not? So why not every year pick a dark horse and, and, and hope for the best? You know, I talk about, you know, the wins that I have. I also talk about the swing and a miss, right? The, 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 the players that just don't work out, you know, it's not perfect. It's not perfect by any means, but it's been working for me. Uh, and, and, you know, I, like I said, when I started this, I get a ton of messages from people asking me, hey, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about prospecting on that guy? And I really have trouble, like myself, telling people, saying either way what I think, because it's only what I think, right? And, and I hate to give bad information either way, right? I'd hate to say, well, I, I think that person is blah, blah, and then they end up just being a failure. I don't want somebody coming back and say, oh, great, Big Ken. Thanks for that great information, right? I don't want to be that guy that leads you leads you astray. I'm not, not here to pump anybody up by any means, right? I, you know, pump any players. Um, if someone asked me, right, and here's, here's a great example. If someone asked me about Brock Purdy when he got drafted to San Fran, you know, what would I have said? Mr. Irrelevant? Right, because I watched every day of the draft and I listened to the pros break down every player. But most people would have said, "Who? Right? Who's that?" Nobody at that time knew that this that Brock Purdy would ever, you know, get to where he is right now. So if somebody had said, "Hey, you know, what about this guy prospecting?" If I said, "Oh, this guy's a bum. He was the last guy picked in the draft," or you know what would I have known? I could have told, you know, somebody don't, don't do something and, and it would have happened. Any answer I would have given, it would probably would have been wrong, right? I, I am certainly not a professional giving out information. I like to consume information to help me make better decisions, right? Uh, I got a message from a family friend uh, who is not part of the hobby, does nothing with cards, but knows, knows that I do. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'll read what they said to me. Uh, I'm hoping you can help me invest in JJ McCarthy cards. I think he has Hall of Fame potential, if healthy and in a good spot. Now, this person is a Michigan alum, has a child currently, currently at Michigan, 
and went to the national championship game. <laughs> so my response was, hey, let's see where he's drafted. And we'll talk after that. You know, for him, this is purely emotional decision with a lot of wishful thinking. Right. Um, but from what I think, this is really what the heart of prospecting. Right. This is what happens to people. They get the stuff in their head and this is where the prospecting starts. This is what happened to me. I mean, this is this is how my prospecting started. Um, not much information being gathered, but focused on a player who could, you know, be the next Tom Brady or the next Kyle Trask. Right? I mean, who knows who who knows? where this could go is it worth investing in them is it worth me saying yes you should do that or no you shouldn't do that um he's not tall enough he's this he's that no i mean i i really think you have to allow people to to make their own decisions in this and and the best thing i could tell him is do your research Right. Because what I say, one, I could certainly help you buy the cards, but know what you're buying. Right. Know why you're buying it. Know that this person, you know, because none of us want to waste money. We want to, none of us want to spend money that they're going to end up a card sitting in a drawer that of a player who never, who never gets to start or will never be anything. But all of us want play, you know, cards over in the drawer of the player that comes out of nowhere. You know, like a Brock Purdy, and and is off to the Super Bowl, and you know, like this type of thing. So, it, it it's really, I mean, sometimes with all, with all the best information, right? We, we have no idea where a player is going to go. Uh, obviously, that's why they call it prospecting. Uh, and if you're okay with prospecting just on emotion and a feeling and, you know, this was the school I went to or things like that, that that's fine. That's fine. It's your money, right? You could spend it any way you want. But I encourage, I encourage everyone, you know, if you're, if for the football process anyways, because that's what I do, is to watch the combine, watch the draft, listen to the content from these training camps uh, and use that information to make you know, great prospecting decisions. A lot of these guys that, that, that are, you know, reporting from these camps have been players themselves, have been reporting for a long time. And, uh, you know, they've seen probably just about everything. And I, and I think, you know, they may miss a couple, right. And I think they hit more, you know, right on the head than, than they miss on there. And, and, obvious they could they could miss some people but you know i think they give a lot of great information like i said earlier it helps me win fantasy championships a lot of that information just knowing you know especially after the draft right Uh, you know they talk about these guys but once these guys get drafted and you see what team they go to that's probably though to me one of the most important things because do they have the opportunity? Do they have a, have a wide receiver? Do they have a quarterback throwing the ball to them? Is it a running back? Is it a committee? Are they? Is it going to be a workhorse? Do they have a line? You know, good line that could, you know, open holes for this guy. Does it? Is he a, a pass catching back? Do they have a quarterback that likes to check down. I mean, there's just so many things that, you know, 
make players, you know, you make or break a player and make them a star or, you know, just bust them. You know, I, I remember, uh, you know, years ago, Todd Gurley was like the guy everybody drafted that the first year. Uh, and he was the worst play. You know, he's like the worst running back. The line of scrimmage was horrible. He couldn't get out of his own way. Then the next year, everybody's like, no, nah, I'm not going to draft that guy. He, he let me down last year. <laughs> and then the next year, he's the number one running back you know, in the NF in the fantasy running back in the NFL. Right. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy what it, what it, what a deer, the difference a year makes when it comes to that stuff. Uh, this year I've taken my prospecting kind of to another level. Uh, I started, uh, you know, grading some rookie wide receivers and some running backs too. Uh, ones that, I think are in a good position. One, some that showed us like great promise this year uh, that I think that, you know, could work out well for me. You know, it may not, this is my first time prospecting wide receivers and running backs. Um, I find guys who are in the best, best situation on their team. And, uh, you know, I hope that they're going to do well and they're, card prices are going to rise and it, it's going to, you know, work out for me. But if it doesn't, it's not like I've lost a ton of money prospecting on one person, right? Go out and get a handful of cards of each one of these guys, find that some that are just going to gem, send them out. Hope, hope PSA will, will agree and send back tens and, and see what happens. I mean, some, some people agree, some people will disagree. Uh, but the realization is you can't hit home runs on every card because swinging like that, you're going to strike out as easily as hit a home run. But if you can hit singles and doubles consistently and swing for the fences with confidence, you should always be scoring runs, right? And and as a as a dealer in the hobby, um, I mean, to me, this is this is what we should be doing. This is what I should be doing. This is the lane that I like to be in. I like I like the ultra modern uh, because it's it it allows me to do a lot of different things to get cards, right? To sell the things that I like in the hobby. So. Being in the hobby for me, I like to open, I like to rip some wax, I like to jump into some breaks, things like that. I can be acquiring all these cards that I can be selling uh, while I'm having fun acquiring these cards. So then it just gets down to who are the cards that we really want? Who 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 are the players you know that we can with confidence? do a little prospecting on and, and hope that, uh, hope it turns out well. Um, I do this with football and, and, and I think, uh, I'm going to say it. I think there is like instant gratification with football because we know right away, you know, and you put that time in and, and I've kind of broke this all down, but I'll say it again. You know, it's as soon as the Super Bowl ends, the focus is on, the draft, right? I mean, the Super Bowl is just a few weeks ago. The Combine, NFL Combine is happening right now. And then the draft, that we're going to go into the draft. And then we're going to go into mini camps and then camp. So players that are being drafted, you know, we're going to know pretty quick where they're going, 
and who has the best opportunity coming into the fall. And we'll know in the first year, uh, again, instant gratification, what's, what players have star potential, who we've overlooked, right? Who we, who we put up on a pedestal that is not in a good position or is just not going to pan out. But again, it's, it, we know immediately, immediately, you know, if these players are going to be players or not, uh, compared to other sports, you know, like baseball where you, and I've said this before, you have to wait years to see if a guy pops, you know, baseball is a funny thing. Like I can remember ripping those, you know, 2020, you know, and 2021, everybody like was just like buying these cards. You pull out, you know, like the Bobby Witt Jr. or the Volpe or Dominguez, right? It's like, oh, that's card. It was 100. Now it's 150. Now it's 200. It's 300. It's 500. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, I, I get some of these cards graded and, you know, six, eight months later, I'm like, what do you mean it's only $60 for this card or $50? And everybody's like, well, you got to wait. He's in the minors now. You have to wait to see where he goes. And, you know, then I put all these cards aside and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And, you know, it's uh, if there was probably if there was more, even though I don't really watch baseball, if there was more instant gratification, I would probably be you know, I would get involved in that too, but I just think it takes too long of sitting on cars to wait to see what guys are going to do. Uh, and I even just got a bunch of cards back of guys that, you know, I'm listening to, you know, the baseball professionals talk about, you know, who, who they think the big players are this year. And they, these were the guys that I sent off to get, uh, you know, they sent all their first Bowman's off, right. To get uh, uh, graded. Uh, and they're back and I'm looking at the prices and the prices are, you know, so much different than football. I mean, if you got a quarterback and you send a guy out and it comes back and, you know, you're get a 10 on there, you know, all of a sudden the card could be three, four or $500 card. But, you know, you send the first Bowman mojo out and it comes back and it's a 10 and you're all excited and you look it up and they're like, oh, $67. I'm like, what? Come on, man. <laughs> you know, so, uh. Probably why I don't open baseball cards anymore, but we'll certainly have plenty to sell and we'll probably end up with more that were never panned out to anything than, than ever got sold. Uh, this weekend, I am setting up at the Card Vault show uh, at the Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. So if you are there, if you go to the show, definitely stop by, say hello. Uh, happy to uh, chop it up with anybody who comes by. Uh, I said last weekend, just a ton of people stopped by. And now this interesting that these two, two casinos are seven and a half miles apart. Right. But we're going to see now with, you know, I, I talked about the last show being a jackpot, right? Uh, we'll see what happens this. And, and I think, you know, it, as much as these two casinos are seven and a half miles apart, I think these two shows just attract different people, which is going to be interesting to see what this weekend looks like compared to last weekend. And I will be, uh, you know, I'll be back. And again, just like last week, Sunday night uh, or Monday, you know, afternoon, evening, uh, just depends on what time I get home, how I feel. Last weekend, uh, I got home, I was fired up, and I wanted to drop an episode. So you got it, 
you had it there uh, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Uh, so again, if I'm feeling the same way, you'll get it. If not, don't be alarmed. It will come on Monday. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you.